Hello and welcome to the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Harditz, and today we continue our Fantasy Finals series with a look at Brandon Cooks. Great day to be great. I hope you are having a great day, and I'm sure Brandon maybe kind of is. I'm not sure. He's not a personal friend. With that said, he has been largely nothing short of great since coming out in the league back in 2014. Now, we've talked before, Allen Robinson, Andre Johnson, Terry McLaurin before this year, I think with Fitzpatrick, we've had some poster childs of just great, talented wide receiver with one awful QB after another. And Hey, you know, like Deandre Hopkins earlier in his career, we've seen the true greats overcome this. And this is pretty much the inverse of what Brandon cooks has had to go through. Brandon cooks is the opposite of Robinson, Andre Johnson. He is the guy that has always benefited from having a great quarterback around him. First, it was Drew Brees. Then it was Tom Brady. Then he briefly got the good version of Jared Goff. Now, I'm not sure exactly what my Gen Z listener rate is out there. My myself, 28 years of age, I'm old enough to remember the good version of Jared Goff. And that did exist in 20 in 2017, 2018, when Cooks was there, not so much in 2019. That's where we did see a floor from Cooks, but then he was right back to getting fed the ball from Deshaun Watson in 2020. So truly, I mean, you look at those quarterbacks again, Brady, Breeze slightly good version of golf and then Deshaun Watson. And it does give you a little bit of concern saying, okay, well, we know those aren't going to be likely anything resembling uh, the type of quarterback play he'll be seeing in 2021. And, you know, you just wonder, can he overcome that? Because so far it's been great. In 2014, he was the PPR wide receiver 56, only played 10 games. But after that, 2015 wide receiver 14, 2016 wide receiver 10, 2017 wide receiver 15, 2018 wide receiver 13, 2019, he missed two games, wide receiver 61, bad version of golf. We saw his targets fall off a cliff. But 2020, right back, wide receiver 17. So he's made the most of it. And, you know, I know the injury issues have been concerning. The guys had a lot of concussions throughout his career. Uh, you know, one of the scarier kind of low-key subplots to monitor. With that said, 2014 and 2019, which again were the only two times he hasn't finished as a top 17 wide receiver, those were also the only times he failed to appear in at least 15 games. So Brandon Cooks, one of these guys that I think a lot of people just stay away from because of concerns for him being injury prone. As we see with a lot of uh, NFL players, particularly, it seems like wide receivers, though, we just don't really see that injury-prone label hold up all that well over time. So looking at 2020 specifically, because, again, we're trying to project what he's going to do with the Texans, not necessarily what he's done over the past six years. It was interesting to me to see him get used a little bit differently. I mean, he's always been... Hey, you got a guy with four, three, three jets. I get it. You're going to use him down the field, ask him to try to run past the opposing defensive backs. He had an average target death of at least 13 yards in every season for 2015 and 2019 In 2020. He went to a relatively mild 12.6 yard mark. So he was still getting it done down the field. Believe me, he still caught uh, pl uh, plenty of deep ball. It was just interesting to see him actually get, you know, more outs, more screens, more of like true wide receiver one routes compared to being more of, you know, just a one trick pony field stretcher uh, at least during his Rams tenure so that was good to see and it really started to come to fruition after Bill O'Brien left because I mean there were a lot of people 
not necessarily myself, but there were a lot of people I don't throw anyone on the bridge that were saying cut Brandon Cooks after he had that goose egg in uh, week four. And it wasn't a pretty first four weeks. You know, he went 25 yards or fewer in uh, three of those four games. Like I understand kind of the, the consensus behind it. Just realize, I mean, we saw him just have some huge games down the stretch. He had three games now, Jaguars, Bengals, Titans, not the toughest defenses, three games with at least 140 yards and a touchdown last year. And really after that stretch again, where he had, uh, fewer than 25 yards in three of his first four games. He managed to clear 50 yards in all but one game uh, from week five on. So Brandon Cooks, he gave us much more of a floor than we were used to seeing, and he accidentally had three games with double-digit targets. So he was efficient. We saw him actually post a career-high mark in yards per route run at 2.05 and also PFF receiving grade at 80.5. The 2020 version of Brandon Cooks was arguably the most complete version of him we have seen yet. Did Deshaun Watson help a lot of that? Absolutely. But again, we've, you know, we've seen him with Breeze and Brady and stuff and credit to the Texans for giving Cooks, you know, more of a chance to be their legit number one than others. And it was him and Will Fuller, but it was 1A, 1B throughout the year. I mean, the targets after that week five, excuse me, after Bill got fired in week four, the targets the rest of the way were nearly identical while Fuller was still in the lineup. So the question question is what's going to happen this year because yeah Will Fuller's gone the problem is looks like Deshaun Watson will be as well I don't know what's going on with Watson people it's all legal stuff and I am not a lawyer we're gonna wait and see it seems like at a minimum we can expect Deshaun Watson to not be playing a full allotment of games this year I would set the over under for suspension at eight that's a guess I'm not sure let's just assume he's going to be a chunk of games without Deshaun Watson that seems like a safe bet and with that in mind it's not good we got Tyrod Taylor who didn't get a chance last year to show what he's really capable of was one game against the Bengals didn't look all that good in that game and it's been basically a half decade since we've seen him you know even somewhat resemble the artist formerly known as Ty God so biggest issue for Taylor if he gets the job is that he's a Russian QB and just like we see with Taysom Hill Lamar Jackson these other guys Russian QBs are great for their own fantasy value not necessarily the people around him I think Tyrod Taylor would actually be the worst case quarterback for Brandon Cooks here in Houston Number two, Jeff Driscoll. So I like Jeff Driscoll, people. I do not think Jeff Driscoll is ever going to be a good quarterback, but he is fun to watch. You always see him have an uh, average target depth of at least 10 yards. I think he is a homeless man's version of 2018 to 2019 Josh Allen. Like, I, I had to leave off 2020 because that's just like a different person and all that. I can never compare 2020 Josh Allen or Jeff Driscoll. But the really young version of Josh Allen, just the DGAF uh, YOLO ball attitude, like we've seen Driscoll really exhibit that he's got a lot of uh, speed and yeah again I don't think he's gonna be a good quarterback but if he's under center he has that just you know attitude that he could chuck the ball to Brandon Cooks 15 times a game only complete four of them some weeks and just not really care so I think Driscoll while the Texans might not win a game with him under center I think he would be you know reasonable a reasonable guy that could lead Cooks to borderline wide receiver to success it might be Davis Mills, though, that we want number one because Driscoll, you know, he's not Tyrod, but he does run around a little bit more. And Davis Mills is like the one guy where we know he's not going to be doing that. Our PFF draft guide note on Davis Mills, courtesy of the always great Mike Renner. After sitting on the bench for two seasons at Stanford, Mills finally got the call when KJ Costello went down with an injury in 2019. He played well enough to force Costello to transfer for the 2020 season. However, Mills didn't quite take a significant next step in his development in 2020 on a limited sample. A former top recruit, five stars. Mills has a lot of prototypical pocket passing, uh, pocket passer traits with how swiftly he operates Stanford's offense. It's easy to see him being able to handle an NFL one. That said, he still makes too many sloppy decisions and offers nothing out of structure. So, 
Mills. If you watch the Stanford tape, it's not the most impressive stuff ever, but we're actually looking at a former top recruit who played well in limited opportunities, unfortunately, because of COVID in 2020, didn't get a big time chance to improve on it. So, you know, with Mills doing, if Mills can do his thing, just exist, just exist in the three seconds between getting the snap and throwing the ball in the general vicinity of Brandon Cooks, I think Cooks could return uh, well based on his current value. So what we need, we need this offense to just afford Cooks a lot of targets. It's not going to be nearly as efficient as he's used to. We can all project that. The O-line is not going to be good. This this Texans offense deserves to be viewed as the single worst unit in the league. But if we can get 150 targets, history tells us Cook should be okay. 65 wide receivers have had at least 150 targets in a season since 2010. Average finish PPR wide receiver six. 59 of the 65 wide receivers finished as top 12 PPR wide receivers. 62 of 65 finished inside of top 24. The only ones that failed to do that with 150 targets. 2012, Larry Fitzgerald. 2016, DeAndre Hopkins. And 2016, Allen Robinson. And yeah, people, this is concerning because the quarterbacks I just mentioned, Tyrod, Mills, uh, Driscoll, they resemble this other quarterbacks that, you know, screwed over Fitz, Hopkins, and Robinson, even on high volume. Those guys were John Skelton, Kevin called Ryan Lindley, Brian Hoyer, Brock Osweiler, Tom Savage, Blake Bortles. Like it wouldn't be surprising to me if I make the same stat next year and we're adding Brandon Cooks and we're adding uh, Mills, Driscoll, and Tyrod to that list. So we'll see people. I just find myself going after other guys and this will kind of take us into our ranking segment here. So PFF Lewis stat and okay. I mentioned the lower average target depth, but he's still, you know, speed kills and he still has plenty of it. Cooks caught 13 balls thrown at least 20 yards downfield last year. Good for the third most in the NFL. Not a single drop. And he played it really well when Fuller was out of the picture. 22.5 PPR points per game without Will Fuller. So right now, I'm just not overly high on anyone in this Texans offense because of that. I'm not going out of my way to get cooks at his, at his spot. He's going to wide receiver 41 on underdog. I think that's fine. Wide receiver 36 at fantasy football calculator is a little bit steep for me. I have my wide receiver 35. I can move him up a little bit in the tier. You know, I don't see kind of, borderline wide receiver three range being that much of an issue he's in my it probably won't be anything too special but you could imagine tier you know throwback to the to the old uh billy madison bus driver senior you, you can imagine how it uh works out but ultimately i want guys like jalen waddle antonio brown ahead of him there's a good chance i would say the most likely scenario is that the texans offense doesn't even have a single relevant fancy wide receiver i mean you look at the options and it could be a situation where I normally don't worry about the idea that they could, you know, Cooks could just suffer a ton from uh, having this, you know, high volume, but defenses focus all their attention on them. Usually I want the volume to win out, but when we have the worst quarterback group and we have nobody to take attention away, I mean, Randall Cobb, Andre Roberts, Nico Collins, Kiki Cootie, Chris Moore, Chris Conley, Alex Erickson, Dante Moncrief, and who could forget Tywan Taylor. These are the other wide receivers we're dealing with. I don't know. It's it's a new situation for Cooks without an elite quarterback. We have seen a floor from him, even if brief, uh, back when we got the bad version of golf in uh, 2018. And if we get the wrong quarterback under center, we might not even get the excess volume that we're hoping for. And this is all in an offense that I think, regardless of who is under center, we're probably projecting to finish dead last in scoring. So I think the answer to, the, to who to pick from this Texans offense is probably just no. With that said, 
go get Nico Collins at the end of your dynasty drafts, at least towards his uh, lower range. I do think Nico uh, kind of stood out among the potential late round wide receivers. And he ended up going the third, I, I believe. So it wasn't too late, but Nico has stood out to me in the draft process as someone that has all the tools of a great wide receiver and seemed to really suffer uh, just from kind of being a part of a Michigan team that hasn't done a good job enabling any sort of, you know, NFL pass catching options more. So I think because of their just kind of scheme and their coaching more so due to these players. I mean, Alabama, one Nico Collins, he chose to go to Michigan. So I'm not necessarily going to hold uh, the few years against them. And he still made some plays throughout that time. So Nico, unfortunately, I'd be a lot higher on him in a different situation. Maybe he gets the targets. Maybe Davis Mills shocks us all and enables two guys. Again, I just think we're jumping through a lot of hoops to hope that happens. And because of that, I'm not coming away with much Brandon Cooks in 2021. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. As always, the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I encourage you to check out the rest of our podcast network, which covers everything NFL college and fantasy football you can recap the nfl draft with mike renner and austin gales two for one drafts podcast or get all 2021 betting content you need with the pff forecast and also people if you like fantasy football and if you like playing fantasy for money, you need to check out Underdog Fantasy. Underdog's got everything, including season-long and playoff best ball. Best ball is a season-long game. We draft team like you normally do, but that's it. There's no in-season roster management. Underdog automatically selects your best performers each week, saving you loads of time. Go to Underdog Fantasy and deposit $10 using promo code PFF and get a free PFF badge in description. That's promo code PFF. Draft now at Underdog Fantasy. All right, people, I believe this one's going to be recorded on a Sunday. So my picks, I'm recording this on a Friday, uh, Thursday, excuse me it's going to drop on sunday i'm a huge ufc fan there's a big pay-per-view on saturday night so i think adesanya tko's marvin vittori in round four i think figgy wins another decision over moreno in a great fight and i think leon edwards stops nate diaz in round five those are my three picks for the uh top three fights and if you hear this on sunday and i nail all three of them call me nostradam tits and if i don't you know i tried so thank you guys for tuning in pff fantasy football podcast until next time take care everybody